Hi, friends. Happy New Year. It's Sarah May. And, um, <laughs> sorry. I have to do a couple of prefaces before I start this one. I'm going to ask you, um, cut me some slack today because my family got COVID for Christmas and I haven't been able to talk for a few weeks, but I'm doing my best today. I think I can make it through the episode. Um, and, also, I'm in the garage because the children are home, so it's maybe going to be noisier, and uh, it's freezing in here, so you're going to hear my puffy coat, probably. <laughs> um, okay, those are my caveats. And then also, I because we've been sick for literally weeks, I am a, it's a, probably a looser episode. I, I wrote it but I didn't reread it and edit it. So if uh, you catch some sentences, you're like, huh, I don't don't know what that meant. Sorry, sorry in advance. Um, And uh, what else did I have to tell you? Mm, I think that's everything. Oh, yeah, one more thing. Whoever, (laughs) pause, sorry. (coughs) There we go. Um, Whoever wrote... A review about the ads being too many ads heard you and I'm gonna take out the um basically the ones that are not me so that's for you I heard you and I'm uh I'm hearing you and I'm changing it so everybody else can thank you for that okay with that there are three parts the what the why and the how the tools So this is an episode I'm calling Chasing the Outside, and um, this is actually a topic I wrote down when uh, Melissa Rivers interviewed me, I don't know when that was, a year ago, and because this is something she was really interested in and she kept asking me about, and um, it's actually something else somebody else requested an episode on, so I thought I should do that one, because it's something that actually comes up for me as well, Um, and by Chasing the Outside, I mean when you get into that position mentally of constantly pursuing, um, I can be better, I can be cuter, I can be sexier, I can be hotter, I can, if I fix this, I'll be, um, people will like want me or I will be what I believe I need to measure up to uh, that I see in other people that I compare myself to on social media, whatever that means. So it can be a, a death of identity to lose whatever we have placed on our, you know, shoulders as the benchmark, like for beauty or for worthiness. And I'm talking about external beauty. I'm talking about this, whatever ideal we hold personally for, we got our shit going on. And so if you go through something like an accident or a health challenge, or you have children or one of the people that wrote to me was felt like she was prematurely aging all of those things whatever it is for you in particular with Melissa Rivers she was struggling with the emptiness and the feeling of never enough that comes from a constant pursuit of beauty and I think so many people are in a constant pursuit of beauty the products the treatments the correcting of some flaw that we see in our physical selves and what happens if you are in an image-focused environment, in an image-focused system, quote-unquote, that meaning like every piece of social media there is, um, 
you're basically in a practiced routine of seeking external perfection. And that just, if you picture like a, a very large majority of your life, let's make it into a physical stance. So like you're a, you're a figurine on a trophy. You're attempting to capture, you're about to catch that ball, but you're attempting to capture this thing that's like beauty, quote unquote. It's, it's a very fluid concept, the idea of beautiful or the idea of young or the idea of attractive or desirable or even perfect. And if you're practicing that position of striving, and by that I mean you're just doing it all the time, you become frozen there like a trophy figurine. And when you are permanently striving, you get warped. Your eyes get warped. It's like if you read in the dark, you know, it's really bad for your eyes. This is also really bad for your eyes because you begin to seek out the definition of perfect um, per uh, like kind of, you know, it's almost like having drug-induced microscopes that are constantly refocusing, redefining, re- searching, searching, scrubbing, scrubbing. Where's the cocaine? I'm looking for the cocaine. Is that a piece of cocaine? You're doing that, but you're looking for what makes me perfect. Or the flip side of any feeling you have, You, ha- whenever we have a feeling and we capture that feeling, we're, we're always going to be swinging between those two poles. So if you are, if you're constantly searching for what makes me perfect, you're also constantly searching for what makes me not perfect or whatever the opposite of whatever you're looking for. So say you're looking for young, you're always looking for what, what makes me old. Is this making me, does this make me look old? Is this old? Am I old? So let's say your opposite pole, the opposite outside of your coin is fat or shit or ugly or whatever it is in other words whatever thing you are striving for you're constantly going to be switching between the two poles of those things because we're it's that's how the ego works that is how the brain works we're either the top or we're the bottom so when you are if you are suffering in this way this is an episode for you because this perspective is something you foster it's flexible It takes figuring out what your problem is and then taking appropriate steps um, to correct it and just softening it. It's like you start to practice this new way of being and slowly but surely uh, it becomes you. So if that sounds intriguing, sounds like something you need this new year, Happy to have you here, and uh, as with all episodes, there are three parts, the what, the why, and the how, the tools. Part one, the what. There's no one-size-fits-all solution when it comes to hair care. So there's a product that might work for curly hair, but it makes Asian hair like mine super greasy, which is where pros comes in. Pros is a hair care product company and what they do is they have a very long questionnaire and it's very customized to you. It's in-depth and it is, uh, it's unexpected. There are things like where, um, what area do you live in? Is there pollution in that area? What kind of, what are your eating habits? What exercises do you do? So Pros analyzed all of my personal answers and they came up with a unique blend of ingredients for my personal custom hair care routine. Pros got all of my hair goals covered. 
Pros is the healthy hair regimen with your name all over it. Take your free in-depth hair consultation and get 15% off your first order today. Go to pros.com slash help me be me. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash help me be me for your free in-depth hair consultation and 15% off. People in my family love their cats, uh, but they do not love the stink bombs that they leave in their litter boxes. Everything from cleaning to covering up the smell, it's just, uh, you know, it's one of those chores you don't love. So that's why they use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter is kitty litter reinvented. Unlike traditional litter, Pretty Litter's super light crystals trap odor and release moisture, resulting in dry, low-maintenance litter that doesn't smell. And Pretty Litter is virtually dust-free because it's manufactured with a specialized de-dusting process. Less dust and no fuss. But above all else, Pretty Litter is a pet parent's hero. It's a health indicator. Pretty Litter monitors your cat's health by changing colors when it detects potential underlying issues. So you won't find that kind of innovation in conventional litter. When I got Pretty Litter delivered to my family, it arrived safely at their door in a small, lightweight bag that lasts up to a month. And shipping is free. Get the world's smartest litter without leaving home by visiting prettylitter.com and using promo code HELPMEBEME for 20% off your first order. That's prettylitter.com, promo code HELPMEBEME for 20% off. prettylitter.com, promo code HELPMEBEME. Thanks. Part one, the what. So the concepts of, quote, what I look like and, quote, what is beautiful, uh, they're ever-changing. It's, it's an elusive, like if you try and hold too tight to those ideas, they just start to fall apart. And that is because we cannot see ourselves. We can never see ourselves. When we are feeling good, confident, you see oneself. And when you are low or feeling rejected, you see another self. So when you have that fixation that overly flexed fixation on the external we're thinking we can hold tight to something we're thinking that we can confirm some truth and if you want to know the key right here and now i can tell you right now if you are pervasively fixing on fixating on what's wrong with your appearance you cannot see yourself at all you are completely blinded at this point and that is because when we are fixating on our flaws, we're chasing this solution, this thing that's going to finally make us perfect or finally make us beautiful or finally make us young. We're chasing products or treatments or new items, the endless angle seeking or filter seeking, never getting to where we want to be. We feel um, it's because we think we can solve it. You know, we think we can finally capture something. And so we get stuck in just that, um, that loop. It's kind of like a drug-induced loop of behavior. So this may lead to disorders, other much more severe processes, like eating disorders are a pretty common one, but there are other things that people do, like restricting feed, you know, the way you feed yourself. Um, I know that the, from research, the rates of disordered eating are super high 
in teenagers. I mean, for it's one in four teenage girls in the U.S. and one in 10 boys. I think it's probably higher than that, but that's according to the CDC. The rates of cosmetic surgery are also rising. I'm not going to go through all the stats that are going to bum you out, but the basic what is when we get into that drug-like loop of chasing some part of ourselves, chasing some elusive thing that we're finally going to be like, and now I'm there, and now I'm perfect. And now I'm young and now I'm beautiful and now people want me and now I have worth. It's that um, hamster wheel. That's my what. Which brings me to part two, the why. Do you know that over 97% of women aged 19 to 50 are not getting enough vitamin D from their diet and 95% are not getting their recommended daily intake of omega-3s? Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus Multivitamin was formulated by exhaustive research to help fill nutrient gaps in the diets of women age 18 plus. It's formulated with nutrients to help support brain health, bone health, blood health, and provide antioxidant support. But Ritual doesn't stop there. They invested in a gold standard university-led clinical trial to prove the impact of Essential for Women's 18 Plus multivitamin. The results? Essential for Women 18 Plus was shown to increase vitamin D levels by 43% and omega-3 DHA levels by 41% in 12 weeks. And if you're interested, the website is also super easy to navigate. Ordering is fast and simple. Right now, Ritual is offering my listeners 10% off your first three months. Visit ritual.com slash helpmebeme and turn healthy habits into a ritual. That's 10% off at ritual.com slash helpmebeme. The why. So I'm just going to go through a list of reasons why we perceive ourselves a certain way, including why we grow overly fixated on perfectionistic outer appearances in the first place. And a lot of this is logical, and it's also a bummer, (laughs) but it may give you some insight so you can take this off of your head, almost like you're removing a helmet, you know, a weird distorted helmet. In many ways, to move out of this habit is just a choice you know you have to see it for what it is I think most important is just to realize like it's not making you look better it's making you just not appreciate what you have more you know it's making you completely incapable of seeing yourself I mean that's the core of the why I don't know if you have have had this experience where you look at a photo from even a year ago maybe three years ago or even five years ago and you're like oh, I looked so hot then. What the fuck was I thinking? It's that. You're having that. I don't know if you've had that experience. I hope you have because it's pretty weird and it's it's kind of a bummer. It's sad because you're like, I robbed myself of being able to feel good about myself at that time. And we're all doing that to ourselves every single day. So it also just is like such a time suck. And you could be using all of that energy doing stuff like, growing spiritually or like being in you know nature and being like wow look at this view and oh man I can feel really attuned to animals isn't that bizarre I mean I'm just throwing out stuff that would be powerful and good to me but maybe it's something else like you want to write that novel or you want to learn how to do the spooky scary skeleton dance that everyone (laughs) so good at on TikTok 
it's hard, man. I'm just, I'm going to get there one day. Anyway, back to my why. Um, so yeah, when you remove this helmet, you have to just see it for what it is and say like, I'm sick of making myself, me, making myself feel bad. I'm sick of being sick. I'm sick of being like completely warped in this weird process. And here's a, here's that list of reasons why people do this. Uh, okay, some of this is going to sound a little clinical. Apologies. Um, uh, well, there's often comorbidity with anxiety disorders. And by that I mean just like overlap. It, it co-occurs with anxiety disorders and or other mood disorders, meaning you this is like a condition that happens to people who have other things like depression or anxiety often. And that is because when we fixate on our body and we separate it from it, like we separate from the felt experience of life, it's because it's really fucking painful to be in our bodies. And often that is the way we cope with anxiety or low self-worth um, or the effects of trauma like PTSD. And that is a really important factor here. So I want you to consider, like, do I have any of those issues? Do I struggle with anxiety? Do I just, do I struggle with depression? Have I had trauma? Do you have like invasive thoughts that are really upsetting to you that make you feel like your heart's pounding, stuff like that? Because that is one thing that people often do to help ourselves with those feelings is we leave our bodies and we start to like do stuff to our bodies as, as if they are separate objects and we use them as tools so that could be part of the reason why you started to become overly fixated on the external because we get kind of it's like a an addiction of sorts like it's it's a drug we get addicted to fixing things about our appearance and we get addicted to um a process like that thinks we it makes us feel like we can correct something it makes us feel empowered because we start to feel like we're in control of something so that's what a lot of people do who feel a feeling of powerless that powerlessness that is painful. So, for example, like research shows that this is tied to both a perfectionistic set of values as well as low self-confidence. So that those could be two motives that just got you kind of hooked on this drug. In addition, this is a no duh, but it is the cultural normalization of a set of behaviors when it comes to digital media and we can basically find whatever we look for in in the internet in, in social media in our phones and so we what we start to do is if we have this belief we shop for it we find it and then we start feeding it to ourselves so it's reflexive it's like it that's why social media is really dangerous for people who are trying to stay anorexic you know that's just another example and that's why the internet is also dangerous for people who are angry because you're gonna basically build more of that anger you're gonna look for validation for the anger and then you'll find it so in short i would say it's more common to be super aware and hyper fixated on your appearance because of the way we socialize nowadays and because of the way apps are designed and because of the way the internet works and the way we consume media that that induces a lot of these processes however what we lose sight of 
is that we are living in a distortion and we're it's self-perpetuating. So our own appearance and our idea culturally of beauty is fluid. It's manufactured. It's created by, I mean, it's created by us collectively, but it's also created in our mind. And therefore, we are heavily affected by the drugs we are on physically, like in our bodies. And I say that, you know, metaphorically because we all have different neurotransmitters that are being released in our gut. They're sending signals to our brain. And those neurotransmitters are making us see a certain way. So they're either making us feel bold or they're making us feel scared or something else. But so much of how we act and also how how we perceive the world ties to those chemicals in our bodies. They ties directly to them and how we are feeling, including how we are feeling emotionally. I just want to highlight gut bacteria in particular because that's just going to give you just a sampling of how powerful that factor is. Gut bacteria also produces hundreds of neurochemicals that the brain um, uses to regulate basic physiological processes. This is a quote from a publication that I hope I saved the link to because if I do have it, I'm going to put it in the show notes. But um, gut bacteria manufactures about 95% of the body's supply of serotonin, which influences both mood and GI activity. But so if you are prone to anxiety and you are super down on yourself, I would say start taking a probiotic because that is a huge factor in how you feel about yourself. It's a huge factor in learning, memory, and mood. And it just so much is regulated by your gut bacteria. So if you just got sick, and you have like a bunch of your healthy gut bacteria die, or if you had to go on antibiotics recently, start there. That's like a huge factor in just your mood. Um, Research found that bacteria can alter brain chemistry and lead mice to either become more risk-taking or more anxious. Just the actual bacteria in their gut. So harmful bacteria can ramp up anxiety, and then beneficial bacteria can calm you down so gut bacteria is one thing that influences behavior very profoundly the immune system is a huge factor in your mood and your behavior so just want you to be aware um, everything is fluid about the the thing you see as you and this world and what you see as important, what you see as beautiful, what you see as beautiful, um, the way we understand color, light, reality, it changes moment to moment. You know, I don't know if you've ever taken drugs before, but that's just one example of how reality changes in a different chemical setting. So, just to get your brain thinking in the right area, know that when you're you're a baby, the way you understand the world around you, what you see as physical and what you see as um, alive is different and that this happens as you grow up through your adult years the kind of distortion you have at any given time will shift it just changes everything changes another huge factor in how you perceive yourself is the frame by which you view yourself via just your world view you know so I would say like I would ask you right now, do you look at yourself as an important and valuable person who has great 
and wonderful things to share? Do you see beauty in diversity when it comes to others around you? Do you see the world as a beautiful place? Um, I gave this assignment a long time ago in a podcast, but if you walk down the street listening to La Vie en Rose, you will see things in a different light than if you listen to it with that elastic song. I can't remember the name. A connection is made. I can't remember. It's probably called Connection. Anyway, just try two different, two very diverse songs. That's just a light level example. But when it comes to seeing what is beautiful, it it's impossible. The harder you scrutinize and you take apart the concept, the more distorted and um, elusive the the definition becomes. It's like you think you see something and then it shifts or disappears. It's because beauty does not concretely exist. It's ever-changing and anything can become beautiful. So what happens when we get into our this hyperfixation or, or body dysmorphia is we become blind to our own beauty. And in order to restore it, we must help ourselves basically mend the the habits that are exacerbating it and so I'm going to have some tools on that particular but past that I would also add we can curate the right social perspective in ourselves in order to become more grounded and also legit more capable of seeing ourselves so it's like I think a lot of the time especially in teenagers there's a resistance to health because we think we're going to lose our edge, you know, if we stop this routine or we stop this fixation or we stop this striving, we're going to lose the ability to hold on to it or it's going to make us uglier somehow or it's going to make us slump and we're going to not be as thin or we're not going to be as whatever. I don't know the thing that you're chasing, but it's, there's that resistance that is coming from the drug you're on. That's like, no, I can't let go of this drug. I can't. This is the only thing keeping me together, man. So in order to restore our sanity and our, our own health and our ability to see ourselves, we have to take the meds that we know are going to help us do that. We have to curate the right perspective. And we also have to widen our worldview. We have to curate a perspective that is more inclusive more aware of the beauty of diverse people and diverse nature and earth and texture and lifestyles like we have to really push ourselves to become more educated and ingest other other things otherness other scales for life like you have to break up this addiction and start to bring in like other value systems. And I mean that because like I think this is also a system that thrives on very narrow um, sets of what makes us valid and, and stuff, a lot of stuff, you know? So I want you to seek out the perspective your grandmother has because she can see you as gorgeous and incredible and so special and if you don't have a grandma like that or or your grandma's an asshole then I would just say an elder fill in the blank who is kind and loving and supportive maybe you don't even know them but they're just picture a figure like that 
And um, I'm going to go into a little bit of a, ooh, my, I just felt my gut drop because <laughs> I'm, I'm remembering what I wrote here. I'm going to go into some graphic descriptions. So if this triggers you, just maybe, maybe mute, maybe just dip the volume a little bit for this part because uh, it's a drug-related description. So I, when I was a drug addict, I had just, I looked like the faces of meth. If you've ever Googled that before, I had, I looked like that. I looked exactly like one of those people. I got stared at a lot. Children would point at me, you know. Staph infections are rampant in junkies because of all the crap that you are inviting into your body and your bloodstream. It's gross. It's disgusting. It was a very surreal experience um, because now nothing in my life is resembles that at all. But it gifted me with an appreciation for just very simple health. And when you get the gift of rotting in your own body, <laughs> going to a, like a true bottom, you can appreciate everything as above that. So without that gift of that perspective, we have to choose it. We have to deliberately curate it. I got that present from my life, but you have to, you can build it on your own. You can build that perspective. I got the, also the gift of struggling with bulimia for over 15 years. And I had to choose to let go of the fixation on skinniness in order to actually live. Like health can be a choice. A healthy pair of eyeballs is a choice. So I'm telling you the truth right now. In many ways, getting over this addiction is a choice. And you can have it. It's a choice to begin to help yourself in the face of something that is not serving your happiest life and also making you incapable of seeing you truly. I bet if I met you and I saw you, I'd be like, you look beautiful. Compared to what you see, I would see you as more beautiful than you would see you. I would guess that. I'm just guessing that based on the fact that that's how people are. That's how people hurt themselves. We stop being able to see us. And so what we need to do is correct the habit that has taken over. And once you choose to let go of control and the fixation and you start to redirect your thoughts, once you are physically healthy again and mentally healthier, then you can see more clearly. And that's when you're like, oh, I really love me. And you're not burdened by this fucking wasted time addiction, you know? But we have to choose perspectives that are healthy for us and aligned with our values, our, including our most aspirational values. So I want to ask you now, how do you want to feel? What do you want to spend your day focused on? What do you want to spend the majority of your time doing in your life? I would offer you, you know, play and fun and carefreeness and exploration and nature and joy and lightness, not looking for angles. <laughs> uh, according to Ovid's Metamorphosis, um, I don't know if you know the myth of Narcissus, he got obsessed with his reflection and then he spent his life staring at the water and eventually he died there because his reflection could not reciprocate his love. And that is true, I think, for millions and millions of people, you know? We get stuck just staring at our reflection. And the solution is to change the way you behave and treat 
that addiction, aka the fixation on the ideal. So once something tips towards robbing you of happiness in your life, that something becomes unhealthy. It becomes disordered. So if this pursuit is currently creating more happiness in your life, then by, by all means, carry on. But if it's not, then let's work on that. Um, and one thing I just want to call out is anything can be made beautiful if the collective decides it is so. I don't know if you have been alive long enough to see how the image of a beautiful body has changed, but it basically, <laughs> different times has become, it's totally different things at different times. And when I was in puberty, it was basically a skeleton. <laughs> like that was the idea of beauty, it was like a skeleton. I mean, it's pretty bad now too. I'm sure there, you could find lots of skeletons too. But when I was 15, I was basically growing up um, with a group of people who are teaching each other uh, to see like how much we could look like a skeleton. And I would say firsthand, like my in my life experience, the view of beauty has grown wider and wider. And that is such a great thing. I mean, it's so, it's like, ah, whew, thank fucking God for that. I mean, it, it's got ways to go. But if you are struggling with seeing yourself as beautiful, I want to tell you, you cannot see yourself. And if um, every billboard in the world and every image on Instagram in the world tomorrow showed you someone uh, that looked exactly like you, you'd be like, I made it. I am beautiful. So something in your perspective right now is lying you, lying to you. And I would guess that's the myopia that comes from just that external pursuit in itself. And I can relate because it happens to all of us. You just, in the moment, you got to catch your brain in the act and tell it to like stop and redirect. Like I notice my brain doing that all the time. My brain will start to hunt for things to compare myself to. It's like I can feel it shopping. I can, I can see it attempting to pedestal, you know, to put either put me on a pedestal or put me below it. And I can, it's like you're trying to decide if you're high on yourself or if you're low in self-loathing. It's like, you know, you're, it's almost like security-seeking measures from this ancient part of our evolution. So with that, this is uh, part three, the how, the tools. You might be interested right now in setting new goals. Maybe you want to start some new healthier habits and you want to build, uh, you know, an exercise uh, routine that you're going to stick to. You want to be more productive, more fulfilled. All those changes should be easy, right? Well, if you're not sure how or where to start, then it's time to try Fabulous. That has been a game changer for me. Fabulous, uh, it's an app that gives you tools and skills that you need to feel healthier, more fulfilled. It helps you break free of negative negative habits and it helps you build new healthier habits that stick. By using behavioral science, Fabulous breaks down scientifically proven healthy habits into daily routines of very small tasks that you can achieve more easily in a single day. 
Start building your ideal daily routine today with Fabulous Premium. Get 25% off Fabulous Premium by going to thefab.co slash helpmebe. That's T-H-E-F-A-B dot C-O slash helpmebe for 25% off Fabulous Premium. Thefab.co slash helpmebe. Ana Luisa makes beautiful and affordable, high-quality, sustainable jewelry. And I personally wear them every day. I also got some earrings that look basically like porcelain. They're blue and white. Huge hit at all of my uh, Christmas functions. And I think they make perfect gifts for loved ones because they're also super affordable. They're everyday, I would call it conscious luxury. So if you are interested in getting yourself something that makes you feel special and beautiful, head to shop.analuisa.com slash helpmebeme. Treat yourself, maybe a loved one, and use my code helpmebeme to get 10% off. I highly recommend them. That's shop.analuisa.com slash help me be me and use code help me be me when you check out that's shop dot a n a l u i s a dot com slash help me be me and use code help me be me when you check out okay first tool is called me on me check uh okay so just want you to ask yourself do I like me? Am I proud of who I am? And if the answer is no, then that's where we want to start. I would say there, it may be you just need to build up some muscle in the identity sphere. And it's, it's not about building up, um, you know, more of the beauty stuff. I mean, hobbies, positive habits, a, a new social group, pumping up your interests, and things that you can master in the way of like a talent or another thing you can say about yourself. And I would say in addition to that, do some work on uh, possible old beliefs, old baggage coming up in therapy. Because only when you like you and you, are, you consider yourself a friend to you truly, will you be able to appreciate your physical gifts as well. Otherwise, I think we see ourselves as like an object that we kind of bully or we exploit or we use and we don't value our own felt experience. Therefore, we cannot truly appreciate or see ourselves um, as something sacred. It's like we can't, we lose the ability to have vision for our own gifts including physical gifts because we we lack the the reverence and respect. So we have to be able to take into account our being's feelings. And without that, we lose really vital information about ourselves and and what is good about us and including what looks good about us. All right, the next tool, OCD therapy. Uh, Okay, one thing I remember from my research during school was um, one of the treatments 
are one of the key elements of overcoming or working on OCD is abstaining from checking. It's like a huge piece of it is just forcing yourself to not check or not, you know, fix or not go do the thing. Like you just literally have to not do it. And in that moment, I don't know if you've ever had OCD before or if you struggle with OCD or if you had a habit that is related to OCD, um, one of the things you do is your brain is like basically highly superstitious where you're like, I have to go fix the thing, like whatever it is, the tassel. I have to go turn the water on and off. Otherwise, some terrible thing is going to happen. And you just have to basically sit with that feeling and pass it, endure it, and then keep doing that. And the more you are able to abstain from whatever that habit is, the more um, capable you become of handling the awful, terrible, obsessive habit of OCD. So in this habit, I want you to do the exact same thing. We have to literally curb our obsessive practices, whatever our routine is. Um, so for, for example, maybe that's mirror checking. I mean, that's a huge one with body dysmorphia is like constant, like either aversion to mirrors or fixation on them and like studying our reflection. I mean, that's a big thing with like just weight in general. It's just obsessing about a number on a scale or the way that a pair of jeans fit. So whatever your particular thing is, we're going to do some OCD therapy on that habit. In the moment you want to go to do it, uh, stop and just sit just really study that feeling the texture of the impulse and breathe into it like we really want to almost just like say bring it on and just be in it we have to teach ourselves to tolerate that feeling the same way that we can teach ourselves to tolerate um, anxiety and not try and self-soothe with something like alcohol or food or you know, obsessive beauty stuff. Like we have to t teach ourselves to tolerate the discomfort and like get into it and just really viscerally feel it. And for, for maybe for you, it's something like checking on social media, some other person or studying what they look like or I don't know, whatever your particular habit is, like the next time you want to do it, abstain and just sit in that feeling of like, I want it. It's like, that's your, that's your drug. And we need to like push back on that and, and teach ourselves just to practice sitting in it. And then we get good at sitting in it. And then we don't have the impulse anymore. It's like it loses its grip. And once it loses its grip a little bit, we get a little tiny prism of our vision back. We get the tiniest fractured piece of eyeball back that we're like ah I can use this now to see the sun and see the world and see a book for example it's like a tiny bit of, bit of ourselves comes back to us I hope that tool made sense also hopefully <laughs> didn't offend anyone with OCD with my very overly simplified explanation of any of that stuff apologies all right next tool uh, recipe for an accurate mirror. 
So in order to really be able to see ourselves, I'm just going to give you give you the formula right now. We have to start with a, a very, very pure intention to ourselves. We have to make a pledge to ourselves. We may have to make a promise to ourselves. So I want you to, if you can do it in your journal, that would be great. If you can do it in your phone, less great, but I'll take it. Just write yourselves meaning you a promise, a very loving promise. And and just say like, I promise to love you, support you, be with you, and and care about you and think of you as a valuable being no matter what. And this is just making you making a genuine attempt at saying like, I'm not gonna throw your feelings aside anymore. You are an important factor in this life. And like your felt experience matters. It's not about doing things at the cost of you. I got your back, me. And this is just the beginning of the recipe of being able to see truly what makes you so awesome and so beautiful and sexy and lovable. So that this is your biggest marching order. This process must start with you being on your own side and befriending you unconditionally. So I know that sounds silly, but I want you to do it. Do some version of it. And like know that when you have that love innately for you, you can see you so much better. You can really see like, oh, wow, I'm a bubbling and sparkling person. I'm beautiful. Beauty always comes from the inside. It's the energy. It's your energy. That's what it is. That's all it is. All right, that's that tool. Next tool, pop your bubble. So in order to, uh, pop, hold on one second. Got, getting a little nasally. Pausing for recording. No such Standby. Okay, I'm back. In, in order to get outside of whatever warped, snow globe we have created about our beauty and about what is beautiful and what is valuable and what is externally desired we have to curate a perspective that is healthy and more well-rounded deliberately Um, there's like a buddhist saying that goes you you wash and feed your body but you must also wash and feed your mind i butchered it completely but that's the gist of it we have to wash our mind and we have to actually look at perspectives that are diverse and we have to like travel is a great way to do this if you go to any other country that is not like yours you will all of a sudden realize how how much of a time waste collecting you know all of these badges and things we can see them for what they are and without that without the ability to travel uh you have to curate collect things outside of the narrowness the narrow definition you have right now currently so by that i mean like break out break the bubble broaden out your myopic perspective and if you can buy or go look at diverse books be in diverse environments i mean things outside of your particular well-tread loop and being able to see things that are, I guess, more raw, more um, natural, more f- 
forgiving, more from somewhere other than where you are from. That's the key. And, and we have to constantly ingest content that is in that vein, deliberately. And that includes film, film from other times. Um, I think that's a really helpful piece of it. It's just a, other periods of time. All right, the next tool is called Beauty is Fluid. I already kind of talked about this, but it's true. It's liquid. And in many ways, the, the thing, beauty, does not exist. And if you stare hard enough at it, it disappears. So I just want you to experiment with this idea. So the next time you are coveting something that you think is beautiful, you can flip it over in that same moment and just see it as just a thing, not good or bad. Uh, it's just a, a thing. There's nothing inherently good or bad about it. Um, I'm trying to think of a way to like get more into that. I know that's a bizarre idea. Um, I mean, out of its context, it's not anything. It just isn't a thing. <laughs> that's all my brain can squeeze out. <laughs> I hope that made sense. Uh, okay. Next tool is called Own It, Flaunt It. There's something so incredibly powerful and attractive about someone who is fully in their skin and down with themselves. You know, it, that's the energy that is the most magnetizing. It's like the sexiness light turns on. So I want you to tr just spend an evening alone trying to foster this little easy bake oven light of sexiness. <laughs> Practice it in a mirror and, you know, maybe, maybe play dress up. Think of an outfit that makes you feel like a star, um, so a costume of sorts, and just see how you can lean into that and lean into this, like this is your Vanity Fair portrait shoot. <laughs> and and just like, how can you get that bubble a little, you know, bubbling energy a little more effervescent? I think one thing I love about being in New York, whenever I do go to New York, I'm not in New York right now, um, is that everyone is different. You know, and so no one stands out because everyone is doing something bold. And because of that, you can really go for it and not feel self-conscious. So I want you to get into that vibe of like, I'm in a fashion spread for the icon that is me. And like, how do you really embrace what it is that makes you you, you know, not everyone else, just you, just you only not trying to replicate the thing that everybody else does perfectly. I just mean like, no one's looking, you know, this is just you on you. Like this is just about being the most out, outspoken you that exists and just curating that energy. And if you can do that, then you'll get somewhere. I personally in that energy am probably like sporty spice. That's <laughs> the first thing that came to mind. Because I'm very tomboy. I mean, there's like, I'm all about uh, jean shorts. I mean, a former skateboarder here. So that's where my energy goes. Doesn't look great on Instagram. But hey, <laughs> that's what my, that's my, uh, that's my vibe. Anyway. All right. Next tool. Be special. Oh, man. This is a long rambling one. I apologize. <laughs> it just gets into too much of a touchy-feely area, but I mean it, okay? I'm going to just preface it with that. You are so special 
on the inside and maybe because of years of life beating you down or a person not speaking kindly to you at an age when it really impacted you, maybe you don't genuinely know that. But I can tell you without a doubt that you are so special. You're so unique and gifted. And what so many of us do is we ignore those traits and we don't see them as special or valuable at all. But all of those things that you do that are kind and sweet to others, the way you speak, the way you joke, the insights and the sensibilities you have, that one instrument that you got into or that genre of books you like, whatever it is, you are so special and you must never doubt that. And if no one has told you that in the last week or month or even year or many years, then I'm sorry because that is a tragedy. And I'm speaking from a place where I want you to foster that recognition. My Aunt Margaret was so special (laughs) and she did not see that and that was a crime (laughs) what made her most special was not was not her talent or her style which were both superb it was the way she loved others she showed love to others and so I'm saying that to remind you You don't have to be popular or have shiny anything. You are kind and gentle and special as fuck. (laughs) So just for this moment, really know that about yourself. I'm telling you it. What a wonderful and valuable person you are. So just know that and sit in that feeling and return to it on occasion when you need to. I like to give myself hugs and, you know, a pat on the back sometimes just as a gentle reminder. So I suggest you do the same. And I, I made this tool because I think so many of us abandon other things that make us great. And we wash ourselves out and we make ourselves the same. I don't know if you can hear my husband hacking in the background. It's a messy, this is a messy episode. We're just letting it all hang out. Um, where was I? So yeah, I made this tool because a lot of us abandon things about ourselves that make us really special and wonderful. And we wash ourselves out, you know, we make ourselves bland, we make ourselves the same. Or we force things on ourselves that are popular. And when you start to just subscribe to all the stuff and all the other things, we just become wallpaper. You know, we become the middle of a school of fish, which has its benefits. You know, if you are, if you're unstable or you just need something to rebuild, but over a lifetime, it can make you turn outwards and it continually makes you look higher and higher for your prescription for feeling okay. And then with that, we never feel whole. We never feel fully, quote, myself, you know? And you get to own your idea 
of yourself. You are the author of that. So don't let it be robbed of you. All right, that's that long rambling tool. The next tool, I don't know if this is going to make sense, but I'm reading it anyway. I want you to look at yourself as a collection of assets and not hurdles. So this is kind of like a lens shift. I'm just swinging the lens in front of your camera to something else. I want you to try and look at yourself in the mirror, make eye contact, maybe squint, and I want you to see yourself as a collection of wonderful gifts, as a friend, as someone kind, sparkling, and try and just shift that lens from what do I have to improve to what are all, look at all these amazing things I have inherent in who I am. So it's just like if we can shift, because like the half, you know, glass half full versus half empty, same experiment, but just looking at yourself in the mirror. If you can just squint and just see that for a split second, that's the energy, that's the thought experiment here. That's what's happening. And the more we can do that over time, the more we can actually, we'll just default there. Well, it's like, you know, the, the Volkswagen experiment where you're like, think of yellow Volkswagens, you start to see them everywhere, but it's only when you're scrubbing for it that they pop up. I hope that made sense. <laughs> and those are all of my tools. Um, I hope they helped. <laughs> I hope they made sense. Uh, I send you my love and apologies for my nasally everything. And uh, I have a couple of new sponsors to thank before I close. Stand by. I want to thank my new Patreon sponsors, Laura and Emily. I think that's how I say that name. Thank you so very much. And a new donation from Chris and another donation from Elliot via Yay With Me. Thank you so much. Donations really help out the show. If anyone out there has the means... Uh, you can head to yaywithme.com or Patreon slash Sarah Maybe. And if you don't have the means, totally get it. If you could share it with someone, that would help me as well. Um, and in closing, I did not write a closing, um, but <laughs> I will say, you can fix your eyeballs. And you get so much joy and energy and happiness out of that process of just choosing to relax this fixation. Um... It's just a way of thinking, you know? It's like an overclenched muscle. And if we can relax that and curate a perspective that's healthier and just wider and a little bit more, less rigid, you know, then we can actually see like, oh, I am beautiful. And you can just appreciate yourself so much more. It's so worth it. So I want you to have that. And I hope hope you go for it. I hope this helps in some way. So with that, happy, happy new year. I send you my love. And don't forget to smile. Mm-hmm.